Hi, everybody. We are Kelsey and Paul from Wrestling Inc.'s Two-Face Wrestling Talk, and we are here to review New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion show that just ended literally a few minutes ago. You know, everyone, I'm sure, is ready to talk about Jericho versus Okada, but I think we should go through the earlier matches first and then build up to reviewing Okada versus Jericho. What yep. do you think, yep. Paul? As everybody uh, files in, as you like to say, we'll... Uh, yes. We'll uh, kind of go through the show. So uh, let's uh, start at the beginning. Uh, Moxley versus Shota. Yeah, Moxley versus Shota. I really like Shota a lot. I think Uminu has a lot to to give in the future. I'm really excited about his future. He's an awesome young lion. I think he's got great prospects for the future. Just a lot of talent there. It was a short match. A, a short match i would have liked to have seen it be a lot longer because to me i mean that moxley juice match was really intense and stuff and for the first defense i just i i everyone knew that moxley was going to win mm -hmm. but because uminu went toe-to-toe -to -toe with tanahashi in new japan cup i believe it was i feel like because of that umino showed that he can go a long time and go against new japan's best so that's why i think overall that match could have been longer I guess uh, it was funny that Shota uh, came launching out prior to the bell and uh, took the fight to Moxley. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then Shota was throwing those forearms and, and Moxley's like, you know, he's like one more time, you know, like, like, is that all you got? Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was good. Um, look, I, I think Moxley deserves kind of an easier match, but a chance to start the show. And then, of course, make his proclamation at the end of the match, which uh, was very exciting that he's going to be in G1. And obviously, to me, this makes sense for him to be in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> kind of a big F you to uh, WWE, too, <laughs> to uh, come right back into America and have uh, be a part of a big show for New Japan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. The matchup possibilities are just endless. In fact, I want to read a tweet from one of our good friends, Zach. So Zach said, we have to talk about the passive <laughs> possibilities. He said, and he's at Z-A-C-S-H-I-130. I just realized some dream fights that could happen in G1. Kenta versus Suzuki. Kenta versus if he enters Osprey. Suzuki versus Osprey. Mox versus Suzuki. Osprey versus Mox. Kenta versus Mox. You and Paul need to discuss these possibilities. Yeah, all of those sound amazing. And again, we'll get to Kenta in a little while because that's huge news as well that he's not going back to Noah. Of course, formerly known as Hideo Itami, showing up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Shabbat is pointing to the stage for like what feels like forever <laughs> like hit, hit the music or hit something yeah it felt like so long <laughs> so much time had passed but then kenta comes out crowd goes wild at home i was like what this can't be it was insane uh we've got canadian zudomon saying kenta versus Zudamon. Zudamon. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Zudamon. I'm so tired right now. I apologize. Kenta versus Okada. Kenta, Kenta versus Naito. Great matchups there. Man, the possibilities are just endless and really blow my mind. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we'll, and we'll, over the course of the show, as we uh, go through some of the results, uh, because there are a lot of people that declared for the G1, I thought that was uh, interesting. In fact, I, I, I even said before the Shingo Kojima match, 
I said it'd be kind of cool if Shingo now declares his intentions for G1. And, of course, right after he won it, he did as well. He did. <laughs> but here, let's go um, talk about Shingo, but also fast forward to Osprey at the same time. So Shingo declares that he wants to, you know, fight amongst heavyweights and fight in the G1. Osprey has been saying this, that he wants to bridge the gap between junior weights and heavyweights. And yet he didn't announce he was going to be in the G1. Uh, maybe they just didn't want to have too many announcements in a short period of time. And maybe there is still a chance for Osprey going in. And I think you have to have Osprey going in. Although he just won the junior heavyweight title, I think he was successfully bridging that gap even before he won the title. I think with the title, he could still do that. In fact, I predicted that he could be one of the people that kind of bridges the gap between the two divisions and walks across a soft line. Like it's not a hard line in the sand, but a soft one. So on our podcast on Friday, I said that he could possibly do that. And I still think that's a possibility, especially if Shingo, who just lost against Osprey in the finals, is going to go in. However, you could argue, to counter my own point, you could say that, well, Shingo's trying to prove that he can hang with the heavyweights like Osprey's already proven when he was defending his never open weight title. He was, you know, proving that he could hang back then and how good he did in the tournament. He doesn't need anything to prove. You could you could say that, that Shingo has more to prove, and that's why he's entering into the G1. Osprey doesn't need to prove anything. However, I still would like to see it happen. I've got a shorter answer to this. Shingo looks like a heavyweight. I, I I question whether he ever was a junior heavyweight. And so this totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Mike Banks demanding that we talk about Juice Robinson. I right talked now. about Juice Robinson so much this week for like an hour saying that he was not a B plus player, that he was an A player. Of course, he was just in a multi-man tag match tonight. Uh, his team did win. I actually predicted that the Bullet Club faction would win in that multi-man tag match it was tanahashi juice and who was the third person uh, uh with the uh, taguchi oh yeah taguchi my boy taguchi how could i forget <laughs> uh, like i said it's early for us here <laughs> paul's the really more tired one but i'm coming off like i'm really tired but i love juice i think he's an a player i'd love to see him have more really high caliber singles matches coming up soon. Only time will tell people are speculating that he might be in the G one and have a really good showing, which would do wonders for him uh, and his place on the card. I think. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Uh, uh, back to Shingo real quickly though. Uh, Don Callis made a good point that, you know, he, they, cause they kept emphasizing he wants to be a heavyweight. He wants to be a heavyweight. But he also said it wouldn't be very good for his uh, status if he lost to a 48-year-old heavyweight in Kojima. And Kojima really dominated that match early, uh, for actually for most of the match. So Well, he's uh, a legend. Ko Kojima is yeah. a legend. So yeah. to me, it made sense. You have to like find that balance. You don't want to have Shingo just squash him. Right. All know? right. But if he's supposedly going to be this dominant heavyweight, I mean, he kind of should have squashed him. But it's a legend he heavyweight. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could see both sides. I really can. Uh, Mike Banks continues on about the Juice comment. Juice is improving. He looks better with the beard. Think he uh, looks more uh, looks serious with the haircut. Needs more serious trunks, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I like the trunks. I, I like the silly I, factor. I, I like I like these trunks a lot better than his capris with the giant cuts out the side of weird. them. Those were the those were the worst. Yeah. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki against Yoshihashi and Jushin Thunder Liger. The endless build between Suzuki and Thunder Liger. When is that payoff coming? When do you guys think it is? I mean, do you really think it's going to go all the way 
to Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, that that is one long build if that's the case. I mean, I don't think it's going to go that far. It can't go that far. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it could technically, but I don't think it will. That's an insane amount of time. However, yeah, they've been building this singles matchup forever. When is it going to happen, New Japan Pro Wrestling? When? <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm really really eager to see it i gotta say yeah well they put a lot of effort into it certainly is flinging a lot of chairs at each other uh canadian zunamon again saying that he thinks it'll be wrestle kingdom and i tend to agree i mean it just seems like that they're they're just basically setting almost a 10 11 month stage to this well i mean the whole premise is like you know retirement suzuki saying he wants to retire liger like so that would be the final match for Liger. Right. So maybe that will happen. That would make sense story-wise. Mike Banks has a counter, though. He says that he thinks the payoff's going to be soon. That it's too long to Wrestle Kingdom, and the storyline will burn out. Like I said, it could easily burn out. <laughs> uh, it's a long time to wait to, to have the payoff, like Banks is saying right now. But uh, I thought the tag match that he was in with Zack Sabre Jr. was good. However, I'm super surprised at the result. How could it be that Yoshihashi pins Zack Sabre Jr.? Now, I know since he's come back from injury, Yoshihashi has looked good. And on the whole, he's been booked better, mostly. So he has been kind of on an upward swing in a, in a way. And so I guess it's not that surprising, but Zack Sabre Jr. gets pinned by him? Come on. At least it wasn't Suzuki, though. So that makes sense. Um, side note, we're going to get back into the matches, but I really love Callis and Kevin Kelly back together on commentary. I think their chemistry is amazing. Um, just to me, I love Rocky Romero on commentary. I love, of course... Excalibur on commentary, but I feel like the best chemistry out there is Callis and Kelly. And then my good friend Steve from Going and Raw, he said that actually he likes Kevin Kelly and Callis, but he likes Kelly and Carino better. And he loved their calls on Wrestle Kingdom 11 on the commentary there. So I could see you liking Steve Carino, but uh, I don't know. Something about Callis with Kelly together and they're back and forth and Callis's quibs and little insults. They're just magic. I just love them together. He had some good lines tonight throughout the, the show. Well, I mean, we were just talking about Suzuki and Thunder Liger and uh, Callis says they, he thinks they shouldn't even book Suzuki and, and Jushin Thunder Liger because uh, Suzuki is going to kill him. Um, no, I agree with you. Callis and Kelly together are great. And look, I joke about Kevin Kelly because he kind of whines on the broadcast when his table gets destroyed or his chair yeah. gets, or they take his water or whatever. He comes across whiny, but look, the dude is a pro. Yeah. I mean, just all you got to do is go through this best of super juniors. Um, he, he and Caprice worked well together, even though Caprice took a little while to find his footing. Uh, Juice was great with him. And, uh, and and Gino Gambino, who I, I like a lot, really. Yeah, he's I, I think he he could be the second coming of Callis as a as a mainstay as an analyst because they work together as well. Similar styles, so I can see that they they do have a lot of similarities. They That's do. funny, the second coming of Callis. That's <laughs> great. I like that as the official tagline and, and, and for not, Gino. And not quite as creepy as Callis. So. Well, Callis isn't <laughs> as creepy on New Japan commentary no. as he is on Impact. To me, that's ultimate creepy Callis. <laughs> Otherwise, in New Japan, I think he's much better, much sharper, and has a lot more poignant points, if I can, <laughs> if I can say. Oh, that's a tongue twister right there. Well, he did have the one line during uh, Evil and Sonata's match when Sonata... Uh, was up on the ropes, uh, 
trying to get the the love from Osaka and Kevin Kelly's like he's trying to determine which town is his favorite. And uh, Cal says, uh, yeah, much like my dating life or <laughs> that's reflective of my dating life. So overall, we'll get to the bigger matches in a second. What is your grade for this show as a whole? To me, I just think that it's not my favorite Dominion. It was a great show. It was very good. But in terms of, you know, the card ahead of time, I wasn't as pumped up as past Dominions. I just, I can name a whole bunch of past Dominion matches that I love. This card was decent and it turned out really good, but still not my favorite. Yeah. I mean, all the matches were good um, or decent. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to gauge, uh, especially <laughs> after working a 12 hour day today, uh, trying to, get a little nap in before watching this. I, I don't know if I, I had my full, you know, attentiveness as I normally would. I know I was yeah. dragging towards the end of uh, uh, Jericho for, and uh, Okada, but I, I mean, it was a B probably. I mean, Dragon Lee and Osprey, which we'll get to in a minute was yeah. fantastic. And there were some great moments, uh, but yeah, B, I think. A B? Uh, I don't know. I guess I would say, B plus or A minus. It's hard. It's really hard to determine which one I want to grade it as. I really don't know. Well, and I think on the grading thing, I, I thought about it. Um, you know, we do these grading systems on all these pay-per-views. Yeah. I think I'm, I, I think it's a B by new Japan standards. I think it would be, you know, if this was a WWE show and, and, and it had this, yeah. I think you'd be saying probably an A minus to B plus. But uh, by New Japan standards, maybe a, a B. But uh, I, I agree with Nigel in that he said uh, the G1 announcements help help make make the show can't miss because we certainly had a, a bunch of those tonight. Also, I think the result in Osprey versus Dragon Lee, because to me that was the match that could go either way. A lot of the other matches, I kind of really thought they had an easy conclusion to come to. You could kind of just pick who was going to win, whereas. The Osprey Dragon Lee match, either guy winning would have worked for storylines going forward, especially if Hiromu returns soon, I hope. I mean, geez, and Pete's. They tease videos like he's been watching. They keep talking about how his return is soon, yet he never shows up. And they keep missing these big surprise opportunities on these bigger shows to introduce him back to a, a larger audience now that than when he was sidelined than when he was last here in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So to me, I don't know. It's like, when is he coming back? But either way, either guy would have worked with Takahashi, who I think should be one of the stories going forward. However, we know that Osprey's first defense will be against Robbie Eagles. That will be awesome yep. because they've got a history. Their first match in the recent Best of Super Juniors tournament, I loved. I thought it turned out really well. I love the whole reluctant heel character that Eagles is playing. So to see them two together again... I just think it's going to be an awesome, awesome match. Well, and Osprey, of course, they they gave that uh, backstory of how he kind of helped Eagles' career along. Uh, so that defense coming up when uh, New Japan makes its tour in Australia. Let's uh, continue on the card. Tai Chi versus Ishii. Uh, I thought it was good staff from Kevin Kelly saying that the never open weight title has changed. Well, he said seven times initially, and then he said eight. I don't know if he was giving away the result uh, when he changed changed it mid-match, but uh, says it's changed eight times since the last Dominion. So this is a, a belt that's very fluid. We've seen Jeff Cobb. We've seen Goto, uh, Tai Chi a couple times. Yeah. Uh, now Ishii with the uh, victory. 
uh, tonight. This is Ishii's fifth time with the title, the Never Openweight title, and I hope he holds it for a decent amount of time to build up that title again. Because for a while, you know, he was really making it very prominent, kind of like a hard-hitting title. Osprey elevated it a bit as well. But again, the changing of hands doesn't help things. And I think it should stay on Ishii for a while because, one, it makes Ishii relevant. Because to me, Ishii's all, always relevant, but it gives him something to do and gives him a reason to be placed decently on <coughs> any mm. New Japan card which I think he should be. But for a while, he was being left off the card because he didn't have a title because, you know, he was just kind of randomly paired up as a tag team with Yanu. So this gives him a reason, I feel like, to be higher up on cards because he always delivers in matches, especially in U.S. matches. He's over with U.S. crowds, so take advantage of that. He's definitely more over than someone like Tai Chi. And they did announce that Ishii will be in Dallas, so we'll get to see him live again in person. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I, I love Ishii a lot. Uh, I mean, and he he subtly shows his personality uh, every now and then, like the laying in the ring, very cocky, uh, waiting for Tai Chi to come back into the ring, and then Tai Chi, the, his facial expression is Tai Chi is kind of rubbing his face with the boot, and then uh, yeah. Ishii just hammers him, clocks him after uh, Tai Chi taunts him. Uh, I did like uh, Callis's line back to Don Callis when he talked about missing Tai Chi's beautiful voice. Yeah. Singing. So. Oh, God. Yeah. He was like, I missed his singing voice. <laughs> Ridiculous. And then he says, uh, it's the greatest move ever. Yeah. Where he rips <laughs> oh, off his Velcro pants. Yeah. <laughs> I love when Callis makes fun of his Velcro pants. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Ishii, the now never open weight title. And I concur Mike Banks. Uh, hopefully he holds the belt for a little while. So it has a little meaning. Uh, and it's not Pogo sticking back and forth around yeah. a bunch of people. Uh, G.O.D. versus Evil and Sonata. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. it felt like these guys have gone against each other a bunch, but they've only, they. I think they said the record was three and two. It seems like they've faced off a lot more. 50 times, it feels <laughs> like. But, and I don't know why that is, considering they've had the same amount of matches with, uh, well, not the same amount, but they've had a lot of matches with the Briscoes lately. Of late as well. But, uh I, I just love watching G.O.D. I love their cockiness. I love the things they stay in, say in the ring. I, I know a lot of times we're a PG podcast, so I can't use all the yeah. terminology. But uh, Tongaloa, <laughs> I love when he uh, taunts evil. He says, evil, I'm an effing champion. You got to bring it, bro. <laughs> and then later, Tonga, after evil got knocked out of the ring, he says, evil, let me help you up. Uh, I just love their cockiness. I love their facial expressions. Yeah. I love everything they do. Uh, they are they're just so great to me. I <laughs> I am a huge fan of God, and I like when they have J uh, Jado with them uh, swinging the kingo kendo stick because uh, he got involved in this match again tonight. And uh, you know, Bushi comes in, blows the mist in. In a that was Jado's I like I liked that little touch because you know Gato was a uh, Gato I mean was d was interfering so much so now Bushi comes in and interferes to help out so I thought that was a good balance there. Uh, Mike Banks is going to be on your uh, crap list right now. He doesn't like your boys. He doesn't like my boys. The Briscoes? <laughs> no, I love the Briscoes. I think they're great, and I can't wait to see them versus God in a no DQ match. I believe it's taking place in uh, Manhattan during Manhattan Mayhem. Of course, it's going to be a Ring of Honor show, and it should be awesome. Honestly, I can't wait. 
Mike Banks uh, is probably a, a little reflective of a lot of audiences. Remember when we were at Madison Square Garden, uh, the Briscoes didn't get much of a pop, which shocked us a lot because I am with her. I love the Briscoes. Yeah. Uh, I like their whole just gritty, uh, almost trashy <laughs> mentality. Uh, I like them a lot, and uh, I, I like the match that we saw them against G.O.D. in Chicago uh, on that uh, Ring of Honor tour, and yeah. looking forward to them going up against each other again. I like them because they <clears throat> seem like they are who they are, versus somebody like the Usos, they just... They seem like an act to me. Like, oh, we're tough guys. Especially when they turned heel after like being babyface for so long. Briscoes have always been the Briscoes. Yes, they can get silly and funny, but they've always been really hardcore dudes. That's always been their pers persona. Regardless of Mark Briscoe acting ridiculous sometimes. But I love the ridiculousness. <laughs> because it still works him being like that, but also being like brutal and violent. And ridiculously vulgar I, I just love them so much and i feel like it's really natural and real and raw i agree uh most people did uh seem at madison square garden like they were definitely more there for the new japan stars yeah. uh you did point out something uh speaking of new japan stars and guys we saw not too long ago on that ring of honor tour you think uh evil and sonata i mean i think we've seen this sort of happening but you think maybe this match tonight was the impetus of them kind of going the singles route? I do, um, because you know they've they've teased Sonata having a great singles push. I mean, he he looks so good in the New Japan Cup tournament. He's looked so good in all of his singles matches this year. So to me, yeah, this could be the birth of him officially kind of just being a singles guy for a while exclusively. But that brings up a problem. You said. Well, about the, the tag division in general, it's not just the heavyweight division either. It's, it's both junior and heavyweight tag divisions are kind of light. Yeah, I, I think I've said before, I think they just need to have one tag team division. That The pools are too shallow in both. And if Evil and Sonata were to go singles routes, I mean, wh what are you going to do with those with the, those tag team titles? Uh, who are going to be some of the challengers? You got to have some tag teams come together like. You know, maybe in Bullet Club, uh, Eagles and Phantasma will become a tag team. Well, they're clashing right now. Yeah, I mean, well, sort of, yeah. So That would help lead to the blow-up, though. Yeah. That I think eventually is going to happen with Eagles not fitting in with Bullet Club somehow. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're going to have to come up with some tag teams uh, because the same guys are going against each other, uh, you know, over and over. And the same thing's coming in the junior heavyweight. I mean, how many times have we seen... Uh, Desperado and uh, and uh, Kanemaru yeah. go against Yo and Sho and or uh, I think Bushi and whoever else from Lij. Well, to your point, Yo and Sho. I mean, Yo and Sho had a great showing in the Best of Super Juniors tournament. Both of them, everyone liked their singles matches and how they looked. But if you're going to separate them, you know, ever you're losing like your main tag team in the junior division yeah. right now. Now I think I think it's got to be one division and a couple people agreeing. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen though. I mean, the Bucks they they were trying to get New Japan people behind the scenes to agree to that for years, yeah. and they never did. Yeah, I mean, look, you can argue there's too many belts in New Japan anyway, but uh, I think certainly the the way the tag team division is built, and you know, with people like the Young Bucks gone, I I just don't think there's enough depth 
to have two divisions. So merge I, it into one. The tag division, yes. I'm fine with the heavyweight and junior oh, yeah. weight that, yeah, singles absolutely. titles still having yeah. separate divisions because absolutely. I love those titles and I think it creates really big depth for new Japan and like their title picture because they've got so many great wrestlers that could be the top of the card. So they all have to be fighting for something or at least, you know, a secondary title um, or the top title. If you're in the junior division, that's the top title of that division. So let's move on uh, before the Osprey dragon Lee, as she alluded to a little while ago, we got the appearance of uh, Shibata and then him pointing back at the monitor, which seemed like it took forever we were speculating, is Takahashi coming out? You know, you know, is he just introing Dragon Lee? But of course, uh, Kenta, also known as Hideo Itami, back in NXT, makes an appearance with a little subtle shot at NXT, yeah. wearing a shirt that said TakeOver, but it was not obviously NXT TakeOver. I thought that was kind of an interesting little dig. Did you guys think it was a dig? Because I definitely <laughs> oh, thought I it totally, was a dig. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to hear people watching in the comments, just shout out if you thought that that shirt was a dig or not, because I definitely do think that that, I mean, there's, there's no way that could be a coincidence at all. No way. It was awesome though, um, to see him because I did not expect that in a hundred years that on that show, he would be the person who came out. I really was hoping that we would get one more surprise and it would be Takahashi because it's just been so long. And as I said, a few minutes ago, they keep teasing it and teasing it. And yet he never, he never shows up. So come on, New Japan, <laughs> release my boy, let him loose. Um, but I know he has to heal up. The more important thing is that he is healthy and ready to go because he does wrestle a really intense, dangerous style. So if it has to be a longer time for his safety, I'm all for that too, though. So Kenta comes out, announces his intentions for G1. And then we moved on to Osprey and Dragon Lee, the match of the night. No surprise there. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I really thought that that was my match of the night for sure. Like no contest at all. I I knew going in that that was going to be my favorite because um I just on paper I, I love everything Osprey does. Well, and I love everything about Dragon Lee as well and so these two were a great match Dragon Lee coming in as a champion. Uh Kevin Kelly telling us that uh as Osprey came in as the best of Super Juniors winner that uh, the Super Juniors winners were 6 in 10 and challenging for the junior heavyweight title. So not a, a good uh, history, although three of the last five have been successful in getting the belt. And uh, Osprey would look to make that four out of six. I like how Callis said he described Osprey as it's crazy how he's better now than before, because when you're as good as Osprey, it's nuts to think that you can get even better, but somehow Osprey does. And I say that on our podcast all the time. Then Callis literally used the phrase, he's a high ceiling athlete. I loved that description of Osprey because I think I think it's so appropriate to describe him and his athletic abilities. High ceiling. It's just like there is no limit for this guy. He's incredible. Well, the uh the iconic moment of this match. Uh, I've said it all through best of super juniors, the dragon Lee suicide dives. He comes out with such velocity and they're so impressive. So as soon as he set Osprey on the railing, I'm like, he's going to do a suicide dive through, through Osprey onto the table. And that's exactly what he did. And it was spectacular. Chris Charlton's like, don't do this. You know, like almost pleading yeah. for his dragon Lee not to do it. 
and Dragon Lee takes out like three people. Uh, the, the one Japanese announcer who always seems to get taken out got taken out. But you notice something on the replay, just a subtle little thing that Red Shoes did that maybe a lot of the viewers didn't notice. Yeah, I, because, you know. So, I didn't notice it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think people probably notice. I'm not sure how many people. But so Red Shoes is sticking his body through the ropes, you know, kind of acting like he's checking on Osprey. But I could tell what he was really doing was holding the ropes apart a little bit for Dragon Lee to go through the two ropes. I thought that was awesome. So on the replay, you could really tell he's like basically kind of holding the ropes, like pushing with his upper body and pushing down with his hands. Yeah. So I thought it was great because and, and it obviously he needed to get the distance for that. That was an insane spot. Right. I really was like, oh my God, is he going to do this? Don't do this. And in fact, I think Chris Charlton was like, don't do it. Yeah, God, no. Yeah, or whatever like crying, he said. Crying almost. Uh, it, it is a red shoes does that checking on the athletes a lot. So it, it didn't seem out of place. Like it didn't seem like an obvious thing that he was helping dragon Lee out there. No, uh, it wasn't obvious at all. Uh, I liked Osprey's corkscrew moonsault to the floor. I thought that looked pretty. Uh, there was so many great, like fast paced sequences. Just when I thought Osprey couldn't have a better match than a Shingo match. I like this match just as much. I wouldn't say better. I would say just as much. Because yeah. to me, the Shingo versus Osprey match during the Best of Super Junior Finals might be my match of the year right now, so far. I mean, it could always change, but that's my match right now. Yeah, the uh, I love the uh, Hurricane Ron. You know, going back to the Shingo, remember we saw where uh, Will flipped like he was going to land on his feet, but there was such velocity that he ended up landing on his back. This time, uh, Dragon Lee goes to do a Hurricane Rana off the apron and to the outside onto the floor and Osprey lands on his feet. And almost as good as that move was, was seeing Kevin Kelly and Don Callis in the background and the look of shock and just amazement by both of them. Like Kevin Kelly's like, Oh, you know, like <laughs> that was insane. I mean, I loved that because it was such a cool camera angle and everything. And you could like see Dragon Lee being like, what the heck? And everyone else was like, oh, <laughs> like you said, they were reacting like it was the coolest thing. And then Dragon Lee doing the uh, stomp on the floor, which could have been bad because he slipped as he landed. But uh, luckily wasn't hurt. And in the end, uh, a hidden blade, Oscutter off the corner, Stormbreaker and Osprey is your new junior heavyweight champion. So he says Eagles is next for him, but uh, we'll see if Takahashi maybe uh, down the road as well. I think the story would be so perfect. Imagine the splash. And I know I said this on our podcast. If you guys are longtime listeners uh, or faithful listeners, I just said it. Takahashi would make a huge splash if he came back and beat Osprey, who just won the best of super juniors tournament and who just beat dragon Lee, who was the champion. So how crazy would that be if Takahashi comes in and, and beats him. And it's like, wow, Takahashi's back. Yeah. That would be a huge story. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure which move Mike's referring to when he asked if we got hyped for that move. If he, if, if he's asking us if we got as hyped as uh, Kelly and Callis, we did not quite scream like they did, but uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, Will landing on the floor. Uh, the finish surprising to uh, Nigel Coleman. He was sure it was all set up for uh, Dragon Lee and Takahashi. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I thought that could have definitely been a possibility, considering Dragon Lee was the one who took out, not per- not on purpose, of course, he took out Takahashi. So, really, the cool thing about this match is, it, it, like I said earlier, it could have gone either way, and it would have worked beautifully. So, that's why I thought it was really neat. Anything could have happened, and when matches are like that, you really buy in and really suspend your disbelief, in my opinion, because anything could happen, and, and that makes the best matches. Question here, if uh, he did come back and beat Osprey, where would the story go for Osprey? So if Osprey were to turn around and lose to Takahashi. That would be a big blow for Osprey. And that would be really hard to co- recover from because then you're almost establishing Takahashi as the top junior heavyweight. But maybe shortly after, he just tries to transition to heavyweight full time and Takahashi becomes your main face junior heavyweight for a while instead of Osprey. And he makes the full-on transition, even after losing. Like, maybe he'll have, like, a few matches, but then make the transition to bounce back. Uh, next uh, match was the Intercontinental match between uh, Naito and Ibushi. These two also have gone against each other a bunch of late. Even the announcer saying that this rivalry needs to uh, come to an end. But it is really good, these two, when they get in the ring. <laughs> I did make a quick look. I never noticed this stuff, but Kota Ibushi... His ring gear never changes. It's all he, you know, guys try different costumes and all this stuff. Like the Young Bucks, every time they come out, they have a different costume, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, Ibushi, I don't think his his ring attire has changed, but maybe once or twice ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because when you made that observation, I was like, that's a great observation. I've never thought of that before, but it makes total sense. Everyone else has different things, but he never does. He's always wearing those same shorts. Uh, Naito, it's funny. The crowd is so torn on him because they love him. They love LIJ. And at the same time, he was getting serious fan heat during this match of them booing him and stuff. So it's it's so funny to see a guy the crowd turns on so quickly back and forth during a match. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. But uh, this match, you know, going in, was I wasn't super pumped up. It did deliver, but man, that brutal spot. That was scary. I, uh, they replayed it in slow motion. And of course, we're talking about where basically Abushi hits the side of his head and part of his neck on the, the corner, yeah, Nido, the edge of the apron. Nido suplexing him down. You didn't know if it was going to be on the apron or to the floor. And I'm not really sure which one it was supposed to it be. It was like because... he, was, he did it in between. <laughs> right. So uh, the, the slow-mo of Abushi's head hitting the corner of the apron. Uh, how he's not seriously hurt is beyond me because that was frightening to see a replay of. And, uh, but somehow, you know, cause Ibushi seems to be indestructible. Yeah. He, he uh, he got right back into it. Uh, yeah. I mean, how did Ibushi continue on after that? I have no idea. It was insane. I was like, how are they still going on with this match? And then more brutal spots to his neck throughout the whole rest of the match. I know someone actually made a comment like, I like realistic wrestling, but that was a little too mm-hmm. realistic for me. And I understand because that replay was disturbing. And yeah. I use that word uh, on purpose because I think it's an accurate term <laughs> to describe how how weird it was to rewatch that. It was it was cringeworthy, honestly. Nigel Coleman said he survived it because lots of neck exercises, but I, I think it was just as much uh, Ibushi hitting the side of his head. So I, I, I don't think I, it was as much his neck as like the his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was more worried about a concussion right there in that moment. Uh, Nido also uh, hit a Hurricane Rana on a, a hitting 
uh, Ibushi on his head off the top rope. He had a reverse DDT. I, I do think Naito, I, I got to be careful how I say this. He he seems, and maybe it's just the way he looks wrestling, but it sometimes seems like he's kind of reckless. I mean, some of the ways, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like he's as protective as sometimes other wrestlers are are in other uh, dangerous moves. I can understand your concern. I don't know how to defend that, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, but but his style is the more brutal style, and that's why he worked so well with Jericho, and that's why I think he worked better with Jericho, let's, than, let's say, than Okada. Right. Like, Okada and Jericho have a clash of styles. Naito fit perfectly with, like, the more brawling type of style Jericho's working in his later years when he debuted in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I will give it to Jericho, though. He has freshened up his more traditional in-ring wrestling because he's been training a lot and you could tell that you could tell that even back when he faced Kenny Omega at double or nothing he definitely went longer in the ring it wasn't just about putting people through tables the whole time or throwing tripods on people like he did with Naito uh, back at Dominion when they had their match together so in this match with Jericho and Okada I guess we're fast forwarding now to talk about the main event I feel like Overall, it wasn't that bad. Some people were complaining, saying it was too sloppy. I know my friend Courtney was saying that she thought that Okada didn't like wrestling to Jericho's style. And you could tell it was it was off the way that they were wrestling together. And that uh, Jericho basically was forcing Okada to like wrestle down to him. I could see that. But overall, the match didn't bother me. What did bother me is the I didn't like the roll up ending. Uh, no, no. And, you know. I think you <laughs> you kind of skipped a couple of the points you wanted to talk about, you know, in the beginning of the match, uh, starting with the uh, the video package that they always run before a championship match. Yeah, uh, I thought that the video package was awesome, but what was weird when they, he came out is that they didn't play his music because of copyright. No, no, I meant the video package. You said you always like the the champions. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I was like, "What are you <laughs> talking about?" I'm the about? tired one. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, so at the beginning of every IWGP uh, heavyweight title match, they have this awesome package where they show all the past champions, and I love it because it really makes the championship feel historic and important and epic, really, because you see everyone who's come before, and so you know this match means something. This winner, if it changes hands, especially, will go down in history. If the title remains on the person who had it, then they've got a longer reign and a chance to get in the history books in another way. So to me, any way you take it, that video package with the past champions is is awesome. And really, I love that New Japan does that. And I've never commented on that before. Uh, hi, Zachary. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you started to talk about uh, Jericho's entrance. The jacket I thought was really cool. I, I guess I'm really confused on the music rights because Jericho's entrance song is his song. It's his band's song. So I don't understand why there would be these copyright laws where you couldn't play it yeah. outside of Japan. Uh, I, I know that, you know, Makabe, that happens with his. But 
Maccabee is not performing his own song. Yeah, so I know. I, I don't understand that at all. Well, some people actually tweeted out possibilities and reasons why it might be like altered now. Because if you remember when Chris Jericho first debuted with New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's what he came out to because everyone was talking about how cool he's coming out to his own song outside of WWE. That's so neat. He's a true rock star. So he has used his song in New Japan before, before which has made this even more the even more confusing than before. Um, but some people were saying, well, maybe it's because he's with AEW now and they own it, which could be. Maybe AEW is the one who wants to play his theme song. So now New Japan can't because that's the only thing that's changed is that now Jericho's with AEW. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be a possible reason why they can't use his music anymore. Uh, Mike wants to know why you didn't like the roll up finish. And I know it's a wrestling move. I just didn't like it. Yeah. And it's not the, the flippity stuff. It's more that. Okada didn't hit a drop kick in this match. I don't think if he did, I don't remember it. You were tired. I don't I know if you can tired. say that definitively. Uh, you know, we didn't see the rainmaker in full effect. So I, I think that more than anything, uh, you know, it just kind of short changes changed us on, on what uh, Okada does. But I guess it makes, I mean, it was a brawl. It was a brawl slash wrestling match, which is a weird thing. It wasn't an all out brawl. Like his matches with Kenny or, or Naito. It was like a mixture between a brawl and a typical Okada match, but it wasn't at the, the level of a usual Okada match. So all these weird things interacting, I guess the roll-up finish isn't totally out of the realm of question of it working, but I just personally didn't like it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it sets up some stuff at the end where Jericho's mad, he beats Dan Okada, and then Tanahashi comes in. So are we going to get Tanahashi Jericho? I think so in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, that certainly was setting up for that. And there was a drop kick. That is right, Zach. I, I did See, he zoned out. He, I, he can't say I, if there was a drop yeah. kick or not. Paul was like half asleep. Yeah, I, I really was zoning out towards the end there. Um, During the final comments, he's like with his eyes closed. He's like, wake up, wake up. We got to go live. I know. I was pulling a Kelsey where I was the one falling It was apart. so weird. I didn't fall asleep the whole time. I was totally awake, but I'm the one stumbling and bumbling right now, and you're not. It's, uh, it's so weird. Um. So you predicted it. Zach thinks it as well. Tanahashi versus Jericho down the road. He's saying it'll happen at Wrestle Kingdom. But let's let's ask Zach. Do you think that'll be a good match? Do you think it'll be a good match? I think their styles kind of can mesh so, more than Okada yeah, and Jericho. I, I, I think so. Tanahashi doesn't like tables. Tanahashi doesn't like all that playing around. But remember yeah, but how Tanahashi doesn't do a lot of flipping around stuff either. So I mean, he's kind of a ground based kind of guy. I think other than when he does high five, high fly flow. I don't know why I can't say that. I never <laughs> it's can a say tongue twister. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like their, their styles might clash as well. So we'll see. We will see. Who was it that Tanahashi faced that they, they teased the table and that was such a big part of their match. Was it Kenny? I can't remember who he faced where they kept teasing the use of the table, even though, you know, Tanahashi was saying, I don't use yeah, tables. Yeah. I don't like doing uh, stuff outside was, of the ring. That was with so, so, so he's saying all that building up Okada or Kenny. He he didn't like remember he didn't like Kenny's yeah, Kenny. style of using tape. That's what I thought. That yeah. was Kenny. So Kenny, uh, he didn't like Kenny doing all this flary stuff. And so how is he gonna like wrestling Jericho? <laughs> it would be even worse. I don't know. We'll see. Uh I did want to circle back. I, I predicted this and I I don't know if it'll come true. Uh, but even before the Naito Ibushi match, I thought Naito was gonna win. Ibushi will win G1 and we'll get Okada and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. I think, I think to me, that's the perfect scenario of 
Okada and Ibushi would be, oh my God. I just How think good. that would be kind of rushed. But at Wrestle Kingdom? I mean. That's not that rushed. Yeah. <laughs> I, for Ibushi to ascend to the top? Yeah. Not if he wins the G1. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want it to be him. You just don't like Ibushi. I, I'm going to get heat. I don't care. You can guys can thumbs down the video right now. I'm not a big Ibushi fan because if you put Ibushi and Osprey, you know, side by side, all day, every day, I'm picking Osprey. More charismatic, just as good wrestling-wise. If they're the same wrestling-wise, but one has charisma and the other is just kind of like a weird personality, I'll take Osprey all day, every day. To me, Ibushi's kind of got like a flat personality. Right. I don't know. That's just that's why I don't I don't buy into him. So you guys can hate me all you want. That's my truthful opinion. I gotta be honest. And it's always okay to agree to disagree. If you guys like him, all the more power to you. <laughs> there, I don't care. There you I go. don't care. There's the first Whatever. one. It didn't take long. I can't believe you said that. People are saying it's fine. Here, Davies. I'll take Osprey any day. Here, Davies, I'll give you the shout out. She's crazy. She I I don't know how she she wasn't excited when he uh, we were at MSG and he beat Nido. I rooted against the Golden Lovers. I, I was the you. only person at Strong Style Evolve to root for the Young Bucks <laughs> in that building against <laughs> against the Golden Lovers. Love Everyone it. who were Bucks fans totally turned and cheered for Golden Lovers. I, I was like, you posers. You posers. Uh, I'm not a poser. I, I, they are fly-by-night fans. No. Yes, of the Young Bucks. People who are like, oh, I love the Young Bucks. Then those same people wanting Young Bucks bucks at Double or Nothing. That's how I got my Young Bucks bucks. People felt so guilty for not being true Young Bucks fans that they gave me their Young Bucks bucks. I love it. Because they rooted for the Golden uh, Lovers. I'm tuning you out because everybody, not an Ibushi fan, sad face. Whatever. I, Ibushi is better than Omega. Ibushi is cool. Ibushi's not better than Omega, and he's not better than osprey jason p he has no charisma at all i will say he doesn't have like any sort of real personality he has no facial expressions at all jason ps3 a simple boo whatever boo <laughs> boo you're usually the heel what's happening you know, our rules are reversed you're the this one that's terrible. hating on ibushi who's fantastic he's all right whatever ibushi is a treasure he must be protected at all costs that's fine guys it's okay to agree to disagree don't hate on it too hard. <laughs> I like it that there's a second delay on yeah, our and then video. You just so saw I just me got booing to see, me. I got to see me getting in Kelsey's face booing her. Whatever. Giving her the big bellowing boo. That's sad. Uh, <laughs> I'm the heel. So uh, as, as this show comes to an end, basically, I, I, I think a lot of people, and I, I feel this way, this is kind of New Japan's SummerSlam. It's their big event away from Wrestle Kingdom. I, I thought it was a good show. Uh, but <laughs> now the Miguel <laughs> wants to know if you if you like Osprey more than uh, Ibushi because he's more photogenic. No. <laughs> I think he's more charismatic and he has more facial expressions and he's way better of a seller. I'm not really a big fan of Ibushi selling either. It's all right. <laughs> I'm just digging the hole deeper. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Controversy. He'll it doesn't matter. As long as you guys are talking, if you're booing me, it doesn't matter. I'm getting some kind of reaction. Yes. That's what wrestlers do, and that's what I'm doing that's, in my little heelish turn here. That's suddenly she's Roman Reigns. Oh, does, it, does it doesn't matter if you hate her. She's she's selling shirts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could sell shirts, but we don't have any. Uh Zach saying uh, he's still geeking out about Kenta. Uh <laughs> with we read your comment earlier, Zach, actually about all the possible matchups. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely plenty to look forward to in this G1. When you think of some of the new faces that are uh, going to be 
joining G1 along with all the regular ones. <laughs> More heat for you. I know. People are saying it's blasphemy and stuff. No, it's not that he can't speak English. There's lots of Japanese talents that I love. I love Okada. Okada's like one of my favorite wrestlers ever. To me, give me Okada over Abushi any day. Any day, ever. <laughs> Okada. Not Abushi. Well, you're going to get Okada and Abushi at Wrestle Kingdom. No. Just remember that on June 9th or whatever today's date. Well, then is. I'll be rooting for Okada and, all the way. Oh boy, I'll be torn there. I Come think, on. Don't, I, bro, don't I, root I think, for Abushi. I think I'll just have to take Abushi. Just to upset me. Yep. Just. Just, just like it. I took the Golden Lovers against the Young Bucks. Just upset. We had a war. <laughs> and you took Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. So the Lucha Bros over the Young Bucks I as did. well. Uh, so now we start looking forward to uh, G1. and People right, are saying Naito would right win. Right in time, Peter Davies saying he thinks Naito is going to win. Uh, the G1 going to get the kickoff in Dallas uh, basically a month from yesterday. So... Uh, Moxley looks like that that's going to be a perfect fit for him to be uh, in Dallas. We I don't... said it as we watched the show. I think Kenta being in Dallas and getting a big-time opponent could also be a good FU to WWE because obviously Hideo Itami was not used as well in NXT as he should have been. Now, granted, big caveat there is he was hurt a lot. Yeah, and so they, they never really got any momentum with him. So I, they couldn't. I'll, I'll be fair to NXT there that you know he, he couldn't be what he want. They wanted him to be because he kept getting hurt. I uh, people are saying Moxley could win G one. I don't see him winning. I see him having a great performance, but do not see him winning. Um, I think that would be huge. He just got there. We don't even know if he's full time because once TV starts for AEW, people are saying that's it. You know, how much could he possibly do for New Japan then? So to me, no, I think it's dangerous to have him win. Have him have a great showing. That's awesome. Bring eyes to your G1 tournament. I think that's smart by having him involved. And regardless, I know you do this comparison about WWE saying, oh, there's going to be a big blow with these guys being in the G1, especially because they're doing a G1 show in the U.S. But separate and apart from WWE, it's going to be a great tournament, period. Oh, yeah. This pyramid, this pyramid, this tournament is stacked. Mm -hmm. It's going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, when, you, when you're putting Moxley and Shingo into the mix and now Kenta uh, on top of some of the other great guys you're already going to have in it, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great tournament. And I, I've been on record saying this G1 tournament, really, that's the Super Juniors, New Japan Cup, are one of the things that make New Japan great because they make all these uh, shows that are seemingly like house shows even, they make them important because they're part of a tournament. And WWE needs to do something like that. I've said that in the past on the podcast. You know, make it so these house shows have some sort of consequence. And if you had a tournament like this that went on for a month, you could do that. And yeah. that's why I think New Japan is brilliant with the uh, with the G1. And so many tournaments, too. I mean, if you look in these past few months, we've had the New Japan Cup, the Best of Super Juniors tournaments, and we're about to go into the G1. So all in a very short, condensed period of time. And these are like paper belt... <laughs> I can't even speak. These are pay-per-view level quality type matches it's insane and you get that night after night week after week with these it's awesome but it is a very tough schedule for the wrestlers yeah no it so, is it is i mean, I mean they, geez they're they, they're there for a month if especially if they don't live in japan they're yeah. there for a month 
I'm I'm more impressed. I said this to you at some point during Super Juniors. Kevin Kelly's schedule is unbelievable because while there is a rotating cycle of analysts, you know whether it's Caprice, Rocky, whatever, yeah, Callis. Kevin Kelly is always the play-by-play guy. Like, he like lives he, there now. He never gets a break. <laughs> Not officially, but yeah. I think he still lives here. But still, he's always over there, always. Uh, I think an interesting thing, Zach said, Kenta, hope he has a great showing in G1. It would be awesome if him and Naito faced off. That would be amazing. Like for the IC title belt, that yeah. would be a really great match. Really great. Jason PS3, I agree with you. A men's tournament, a women's tournament, why not WWE? But then again, they can't even worry about improving their house shows. Yeah. They got to worry about improving their TV shows right now. Yeah. They're <laughs> um, like really bad. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, circling back to uh, Evil going singles, uh, they. And Sonata, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, there was a, a, a little rivalry with him and Ishii. So I think they that could be a battle for that never open weight title. But that'd be good. I, I think Ishii would need to keep that. Um, who else uh, in matches tonight? Do we think we know Osprey is going against Eagles next? Who might Sonata go after if he is going the singles route? Well, who's Okada's next match too? Oh, That's yeah. another thing we don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who who could be Okada's next match? That could be interesting. All I want is Suzuki facing Moxley. That's all I have yeah. on my brain. Suzuki Moxley, Suzuki Moxley, Suzuki Moxley. I want it to happen. I think it could be a, a great match, really gold. Uh, actually, Suzuki, we talked about this on our podcast, of course. Suzuki tweeted out this week that he wants to face Moxley, and he also wants to face Chris Jericho. I think that would be a more appealing match, Jericho and Suzuki, uh, than Tanahashi. Suz I mean, sorry, Tanahashi. Jericho. I agree with that. I, I think it would be more hard hitting. Their styles would go together better. I think uh, what Peter Davies just said too. I, I I know it'll happen somewhere down the road. Ishi versus Shingo will be phenomenal. Oh my god, that match will blow my mind. Yeah, it'll be hard hitting. It'll be beautiful. Yes, yes, Peter, that is a great match to look forward to. Uh, more, more. Whenever folks, it happens, more folks joining us. Thanks to uh, Anunak Sina. Sonombre. Let's uh, let's see if I'm even remotely close on that. But regardless, <laughs> thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, Okada versus Juice. You know it's not happening, but Juice is my favorite wrestler. Mike, you like Juice too? Me too. I argued for him for like 50 minutes. So I love Juice as well. I mean, he's not my favorite favorite, but I still like him a lot. And I know Juice and Okada is not happening, but Juice against somebody higher tier on the card would be nice. Not against Chase Owens again. They had some moments together in their tag match because they've already faced. So we'll see. I, so I was close. He says, Anunnaki Sonombre. Now I got a second chance. How uh, Did I do it there? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you uh, and your pronunciations. Needing to pronounce names right. I can't even speak regular words um, right now. So forgive me, guys. <laughs> Paul's worried about intense names, and I can't even say well, I like pay-per-view I like to matches. shout out people and at least get close on their names. <laughs> I'm just bad. I can't speak. Um, so what was your match of the night? Officially, was it Osprey Dragon Lee? I got it right. I got it perfect. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, Osprey versus Dragon Lee definitely was. And over uh, Naito and Ibushi. Yes, but Naito and Ibushi would have been second. Uh, how do you rank Okada versus Jericho? Yeah, I, I, I would probably put that. I don't even know if I'd put that as third best. 
I wouldn't put it as third best either. And I think it's, you know, one of Okada's lesser title defenses. That was just going to be the nature of it. They have different styles. Like Jericho, you know, not back in the day when he could do a lot more and he was a lot younger. He's still the GOAT. Let me make that clear. Yeah. I love Jericho. I think his character evolution, I mean, it, it's constant change for him. It's genius. He's a, an amazing guy. There's nobody better, really, in that sense. And wrestling-wise, he's also a GOAT. Long-time great matches. Just right now, he's wrestling more of a brawl-like style, as I said earlier. It, to me, just did not work with Okada. But there was great parts in the match. It wasn't terrible. No. There were parts that worked and flowed. Like, um, I have some specific stuff written down, if you bring the notebooks back <laughs> over here. Yeah, I, upon review, I, I guess I would say that was probably the third best match. Because there were some great brutal spots and stuff so i mean yeah the use of the table mm. that was good uh i liked the code breaker attempt by jarco got countered into uh you know okada's neck breaker i love that uh the springboard i can't even speak springboard drop kick with a change of direction by jarco onto okada that looked good there were really a lot of moments where jericho did look really good but there was other parts where their sequences together just looked a little sloppy uh, and I don't know why. GRS512, thanks for joining us. And uh, says, can Jericho hit the gym, though? <laughs> well, he has been hitting the gym is what's funny. He's been working out in Dave Batista's <laughs> MMA gym and a lot, too. So I don't know what the deal is, but. <laughs> well, the, the deal is he's 50 years old. <laughs> well, yeah, he can only get so much in shape, I guess. I didn't think he looked bad. I thought he looked a lot better than last time he was in New Japan. Well, he looks. He looks a lot. He looks a lot better than me. That's for sure. Shut up, God! It's so I'm so over it. <laughs> oh, uh, self self bashing. Yvonne Bass, thanks for joining us. She says uh, excited about the possibility of Moxley being used in New Japan. Woke up to your show. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> we really enjoyed the Dominion show, and Moxley has really looked good in both of his matches so far, I thought. The Umino match, of course, Umino's a young lion. He faced Umino tonight. M Moxley looked good, but it was a really short match, so it is what it is. Uh, and hopefully, Bass, you know that there are spoilers. I hope you've watched Dominion <laughs> already. Um, good morning, we're about to say goodnight. Yeah, I know. Very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, very soon. The, the bed is calling. <laughs> so with all these people from AEW, this is a side convo real quick as we're winding down. All these AEW people working with New Japan Pro Wrestling, people are speculating some form of relationship here between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. But people are also speculating that this relationship or possible relationship is being kept quiet because of the relationship that does exist between Ring of Honor and New Japan. So until that is over, they're saying that there might be some kind of secret working together between AEW and New Japan and that that is why you think Kenny Omega did not say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said it before. Uh, it just was strange as Okada, uh, as a popular as Omega was in New Japan, if he was leaving and never going to wrestle there again, there would have been some sort of goodbye. Yes, like Kushida got. Yeah, exactly. So to me, there's no chance that there's not either a working arrangement or that there's some sort of thought that Kenny Omega is going to wrestle in New Japan again. Yeah, we'll have to see. Only time will tell about that. But the crowd pop would be insane. Or, though, would they feel betrayed? I don't know. That's a good because question. Because he left. Because he's technically not full-time with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I don't know. Only 
like I said, time will tell. We can't really speculate too much. It's either going to be they're going to accept them back or they're not. Yep, we'll see. Um, any final thoughts? I, I think we can about wrap things up here. Uh, overall, I think it was a decent Dominion, but not my favorite. Not my favorite by far. I mean, I really liked last year's and the year before. So to me, decent, not the greatest. Hopefully Moxley and Jericho brought a lot of eyes. Uh, favorite match, Osprey versus Dragon Lee, of course. And uh, glad Ishii won the belt. That was another big surprise. Uh, and I'm happy to see that have happened. And other uh, great moments like Kenta coming back. Well, not coming back. Kenta coming back to a non-WWE ring. Right. But for the, you know, coming to New Japan, which is a big surprise because he's usually a Noah guy. Right. So that was a big, big thing. And then, of course, uh, people being announced that they're going to join the G1, like Moxley and, and Shingo. Shingo. Yep. So. That's my final thoughts. Um, our conversation has frozen up. So if you guys are commenting, we're not ignoring you. It's just uh, the last comment we see is uh, Mike Banks is uh, saying that Jericho should wear a shirt. So that's going to be the closing comment on our YouTube <laughs> channel. And uh, we want to thank all of you guys who stayed up late and watched the New Japan show or are getting up early and uh, getting ready to watch it. And hopefully we didn't ruin too much for you. If you, uh, haven't watched the show yet, but good show all around and glad to uh, get a chance to spend a little time with you in the wee hours here in New Orleans. Sour or not as sharp as usual. Speak for yourself. I've been fantastic. You booed me. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I will say that was awesome. Uh, I bashed Bushi. If you guys want to go back and find that, I think that'll be people's favorite parts yeah. so that they can then go Boo. find me on uh, at Super Kicking It and... Uh, yell at me more on Twitter. Yeah. So if you guys want to do that, it's S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Paul, where can we find you? Uh, I am at pboron88. If you want to tweet me anything, that's fine as well. And uh, don't forget, our podcast drops every Friday. On Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel, which you're watching right now, and all on all of Wrestling Inc.'s audio platforms as well. Usually at uh, 7 Eastern time. Yes. Uh, this it, week was late. It was a little yes. late this week because we actually recorded it Friday morning. Uh, At 6 a.m. Yeah. when it was supposed to be released, so, yes. So, so uh, yeah, but make sure you out. check us out. We'll, we'll, I'm sure, have more discussion about that. And on this episode, uh, we've got an interview with our artist, Eric Hodson, including a special giveaway. So make sure you uh, join us for that because uh, we're going to be giving away a couple of uh, StarCast exclusive posters that Eric Hodson made. So make sure you check us out. For that, we also have an interview with Colt Cabana we're releasing, which I'm super pumped for you guys to see because uh, it's a great interview, I think. And I'm sure we'll have some more New Japan talk. Uh, I can already tell you we're not going to have a lot of uh, WWE Super Showdown talk. None. We're not. We well, have, a little. We have not seen any of it, but I think I am going to go back and watch The Undertaker Goldberg because obviously that has been a topic of discussion. And so I kind of want to see it for myself just to see how bad it really was. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about it, but I don't want to go Limited. too far. Yeah. yeah. I think we will talk more dominion because I need to, I need to talk more eloquently than tonight. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that too. Originally we were saying we're not going to go back into it, but we are, I've decided we are because yeah. me, I'm bumbling, stumbling. Thank you guys for staying up with us. It's early. <laughs> so good night for us. Cause it's early in the morning, but we're, too tired to continue <laughs> on for the rest of the day. Hope you guys enjoyed Dominion. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks That's for it. joining us. That's the finish.